When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On Tuesday, millions of Americans headed to the polls to vote in the 2022 midterm elections. They voted for national office, like House of Representatives and Senator. They voted for statewide offices, like Governor or Secretary of State. And they also voted for local offices, Mayor, Commissioners, School Board of Education. All across this country, people engaged in the political process and attempted to have their voice heard. And for a significant percentage of those people, that's the last time their voice will be heard for two years. Most Americans stop their engagement at the ballot box. But a select few go further. A select few engage with elected officials directly after they've been elected. They go to campaign events, commission meetings, and town halls to express what they think are the wrongs that need to be fixed. They hold those elected officials accountable even though it might be hard, even though it might be time-consuming, and even though they may not necessarily have the personality to be the kind of person to challenge someone face-to-face. They do it anyway, because it's important. And those people who do engage have a much higher likelihood of having their names on the ballot at some point in their lives. That brings me to the subject of our episode today. One woman who took her issues to her local school board and wound up launching a political career that would shake the foundations of Florida politics and change Miami forever. But it all started with a school board meeting today. This day in Miami history, November 5th, 1947, the day that Mary Athelie Range made her first recorded appearance in front of the Dade County School Board. Now, in my introduction, you you may have noticed two things. First, today is not November 5th, and I'll get to that in a second. But the second thing you may have noticed is I use the phrase recorded appearance in front of the Dade County School Board. In fairness, it's possible that Athelie Range appeared in front of the school board before November 5th, 1947. But on page 12B of the Thursday, November 6th, 1947, Miami Herald, is record of Athlete Range's appearance in front of the Dade County School Board addressing concerns about Liberty City Elementary. She, speaking on behalf of 36 African-American parents in the area, brought concerns that Liberty City Elementary was in a deplorable condition 
Range said the school was hazardous to the health and welfare of its students. She appealed to the board to make immediate improvements, and in fact, that day, the board assured her that they would be working to build a new elementary school on 10 acres of land the board acquired near Dorsey High School. This moment is not important because it has a monumental impact per se. Athelie Range would be involved in more significant fights with this very school board in the next decade. 62nd Street and Northwest 54th Street and 17th Avenue are all very, very busy streets, and we would certainly not think of sending a six-year-old child across those streets 10 to 12 blocks away from home when we have a school that is only two blocks away from our residence. Her argument on student safety would win out, and in 1959, Dade County Public Schools would desegregate Orchard Villa Elementary, making it the first school in the county to be integrated. The Dade County Board of Public Instruction voted today to admit four Negro pupils who had applied to the Orchard Villa Elementary School. This, obviously, is incredibly significant. But even this significantly undersells the influence of Athelie Range on Miami. So, in order to better contextualize Mrs. Range and her remarkable impact on our community, I decided that I really couldn't do it alone. I reached out to a definitive voice on black history in Miami, and that man is Dr. Marvin Dunn. Dr. Dunn is Professor Emeritus in Psychology at Florida International University with a specialty in community psychology, but he's best known for his contributions to education and history in Miami. It's rare you actually get to use the phrase, he wrote the book on something, and it actually is true. But Dr. Dunn's work, Black Miami in the 20th Century, is a remarkable piece of historical documentation, and I really commend you to stop listening, go get that book, read it, and then come back, because there's a lot of good stuff about Athlete Range in there, and a lot of good stuff about basically everything you'd want to know about black history in our community. So I want to share with you the whole discussion that I had with Dr. Dunn about Mrs. Range, uh, from her inauspicious start to local politics to the numerous uh, barriers that she was able to bring down, not only barriers based on race, but also barriers based on gender, and also what Black Miami looks like today and how the political forces of the black community in Miami have evolved and changed and, and what the future may look like. I normally include this stuff in the plugs, but I do want to let you know, even before we get started, uh, that I do encourage you to visit dunhistory.com. That's D-U-N-N history.com uh, for just a really excellent collection of a variety of information about black history, not only in South Florida, uh, but in Florida in general. So anyway, without further ado, uh, here's my discussion with Dr. Marvin Dunn, and I'll have a little bit more at the end of the conversation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I kind of wanted to ask about um, her Mrs. Range and her her early life. Um, what kind of motivates her to get involved in the local PTA? We don't know an awful lot about her early life, except that she was brought from the Bahamas, uh, I think initially to Key West and eventually to, to Miami. Um, I think the thing that uh, may uh, explain a part of her uh, activism, political activism, uh, would be her Bahamian roots. Most of the black leaders in early Miami came from the Bahamas. They were not a part of the African-American uh, uh, migration into South Florida. Uh, they were basically bah- Bahamians. And I, must, I would think that that culture uh, was the birthing place for her activism. So yeah, definitely that early, I mean, from the, the earliest moments of modern Miami, the, the Bahamian influence is, is so important. Um, so arriving in Miami, um, from the Bahamas, uh, appearing in front of that school board, uh, and kind of advocating on behalf of Liberty City Elementary, um, you know, this is still a city very much marked by, um, separate but equal, particularly in, in the field of education. Um, what, what do you think made her such a compelling figure uh, to have the effect that she did actually affecting change, you know, before Brown Board, before the federal government really gets involved, her on the local level kind of exacting well, this influence. Let me just draw a parallel for a moment. I, uh, Mrs. Range's son, Patrick Range, and I were uh, uh, students at Morehouse College together. We've known each other since we were in our late teens. Uh, Patrick was an, uh, was an elementary school student, primary school student, in 1947, as I was, 2nd grade, and that's when Mrs. Range made the appearance before the school board to demand that a, uh, a cafeteria be built on the campus of that segregated school. The school board at that time was transporting lunches for the black kids from the cafeteria at the white school, and Mrs. Range was, and others, were offended by that and wanted a cafeteria on the school campus. And it, it was her love for her children, her son, her sense of inequality and, and, and uh, injustice that made her gather up others and go down to the school board. Actually, they picked her. The, group, the parents picked Mrs. Range. She didn't volunteer to be the leader of this group, but they knew that she has a compelling speaking uh, capacity. Uh, and I think that, and of course, she's a very brave woman as well. And I think that was... Uh, how and why she came to be in that place at that time. So she kind of takes on this hyper-local uh, political influence in, in Liberty City and, and, and focuses on the, this, this issue that's really affecting her child and, and obviously she alluded to the other children that are attending the school. Um, and she gets results, right? And that's really important as a political figure is being able to deliver. Um, at the same time, her and, and her husband, um, Oscar, uh, right, are, are developing economic uh, influence through uh, their, the mortuary skills and the, and the funeral home that they run. What role do you think their 
engagement in economics in the community kind of impacts her ability to have a wider influence? Well, Mrs. Williams was economically independent. Uh, her income did not depend upon the white people. That also gave her a position of authority and power uh, to speak uh, and the demand that she could listen to. She was an independently wealthy person at, at, at the end of her life, uh, I think um, very substantially so. Uh, so she didn't have to count out the white people because of her own economic uh, independence. Uh, so that 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 economic uh, engine of her ability to to provide that uh, essential service, right, uh, to to the Miami community, uh, uh, particularly the African American community, uh, of funeral services, uh, like you say, build builds that economic base, uh, and then she she takes it to the city commission and she runs for office. Um, uh, right. Oh, and, oh, let's back up and talk about the takes it to the city commission piece. Oh, please do. <laughs> uh, yes. To, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Range, uh, after the school board appearance and having attracted some attention, uh, became involved in the, pro- the problem of getting garbage picked up in Liberty City. Uh, back in those days, the city of Miami did not pick up garbage in black neighborhoods until they, unless they didn't have anything else to do. They finished uh, cleaning up uh, white uh, garbage. They might go over and take care of the black neighbors, but there was no scheduled service uh, for for that. And uh, the city refused to provide it, even though the community asked for it. So Mrs. Range and some others collected bags of garbage, trash, and took them down to the city commission during the city commission meeting and put them in front of the, of the DS <laughs> and demanded, demanded uh, garbage pickup in the city. And got it. So you see that Mrs. Granger's uh, modus operandi was a confrontation, uh, a good trouble, as John Lewis later said. She was very good at making good trouble. That's a good way to put it. And um, you know, through her her civil advocacy in the community, um, she expands right this 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 position, and then eventually does look to elected office. Uh, and and faces and and puts herself in an incredibly good position um, to eventually become a member of the city of Miami Commission uh, through a competitive primary. Even you know in um, in 1965, right in the very uh, moments after um, a Voting Rights yeah, Act is being considered yes, and passed, yes. um, and then faces uh, maybe unexpected and kind of ugly headwinds right in that 65 election. Well, it was a nasty race. Yeah. It was a, you know, a lot of it involved uh, intimidating the black community or uh, uh, having people think that they didn't need to vote uh, uh, for Mrs. Range because they'd already voted in the party. It was a very, very uh, uh, intentionally nasty, racist uh, race intended to try to disqualify this woman and get her defeated. Um, yeah, so it, it, it goes to a general... Um, she loses after um, uh, you know the, this playing of the race card um, by her opponent, kind of really harping on uh, white Miami in in that in that uh, in that portion of the city to try to uh, kind of harm her um, her prospects. And then she finds a seat, and she finds a seat through appointment uh, through uh, Robert King High, um, a particularly kind of racially progressive figure in, in Florida politics. It's liberal, yeah. Yeah, uh, for the time, uh, and winds up getting the seat and holding the seat. Uh, what is her influence once she's in elected office? 
um, once she actually holds the reins of power through the city commission, um, what kind of accomplishments is she able to... Well, I'll give a good example. The city of Miami Police Department resisted desegregation for years. They finally had to do it, ordered to do it by court. Uh, but the city, uh, the Miami Police Chief said, well, we may have to have colored officers, but there will never be a Negro on a motorcycle riding for the city of Miami Police Department. Uh, that's going to remain, remain all white men. And so it did. Range gets onto the city commission and an issue comes up to name a park, to develop a park named after the city's first woman on the city commission, a woman named Alice Wainwright, a white woman. And there were five members of the commission, as there are today, and, they, and, the, and the two, uh, the four whites split, two to on this issue of, of, of uh, establishing the, the, the park. Mrs. Range said uh, that uh, I'll vote for the park if the city of Miami Police Department must put a black officer on a motorcycle in the police department. And that's how we got our first black motorcycle motorcycle police officer, Robert Ingram, who went on incidentally to become uh, mayor of the city of, of, uh, of Opelika. So Range was able to leverage things like that, both publicly and um, covertly. It, it seemed like she was very effective at, at, at real politic, at, at kind of finding pressure points in... Uh, particularly those that wanted to maintain segregation in Miami and, and really kind of turning the screws on them to try to affect real change for people. Am I right in picking that up? Well, yes, but keep in mind that Mrs. Range had that power because she had a tremendous following in the black community. When Mama Range spoke, we listened. <laughs> it wasn't just the fact that she was a rich woman, not just the fact that she was, quote, well-spoken, unquote, uh, and courageous, but that she was admired widely uh, in the black and white communities. Yeah, and that effectiveness, right, that appeal to that that wide base that you're alluding to, it eventually gets her in state government, um, which in, in kind of, I find her story fascinating because it's not meteoric, right? She first appears in front of the, the school board in 47, and she's, she's finally taking on the responsibility as Secretary of Department of Community Affairs in 71. But it's, it's very, it's, 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 it's almost like a steamroller of power that she's able to get. Once it gets rolling, it seems, she really seems to, to reach out uh, and, and, and get into these positions of power really effectively, um, becoming the first... African-American woman uh, since Reconstruction, first African-American uh, to head a state agency, the first woman to head a state agency. She's ki- you know, killing two birds at one stone. Um, how does her appointment into state government uh, really speak to her ability to, to affect change? Well, I think there was an issue down here that she got involved in. I can't remember exactly what it was with the farmers. Um, my memory fails me on that, but Mrs. Range became in, in, involved uh, in trying to get resources for, uh, I believe they were farmers here in South Bay that were having problems. In any case, she was able to, 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 to bring state resources to focus on problems, particularly in South of Florida, which had not necessarily been the case. A lot of the state resources had been going up to North Florida. But Mrs. Range was, uh, was in that position late in her public career. I'm not even sure she really wanted it. Uh, and it didn't, it was not a long lasting service. Um, but I, I think the most effective um, thing that she did was uh, to really serve Ruben Askew as governor very well as his, uh, as his point person on black issues. 
uh, and she was a very effective person in doing that. The governor knew what Black Florida wanted, and then in a wider sense, what working Floridians wanted because of Mrs. Range being in that cabinet. So she serves in the cabinet of Governor Askew again early in the 1970s, and, and as you allude to, it's it's now towards the tail end of of her kind of uh, public career. She takes on some responsibilities in the Carter administration. She's an early supporter of President Carter, and, and she serves uh, on the the board of the Railroad Passenger Corporation, which becomes Amtrak. Well, story about her and President Carter. You got a moment? I've got all the. There, you you are the expert, sir. I got all the moments you need. Absolutely. When when the riot occurred in Miami in 1980. Uh, rather horrendous, horrendous riot here. Eighteen people died in the city. It was inflamed in certain sections. Uh, after the riot, President Carter came to Miami uh, to take a look at the situation. And there was a meeting uh, in Liberty City at a at a, at a, at a, a facility. And Mrs. Range, of course, was there. When the president was there with a number, number of other black and white leaders. And um, I was I was not present. Uh, but this made national news. Uh, it was a bad meeting. Paul Carter didn't really promise anything. He was not happy with what was being told to him locally. And at the end of the meeting, when the president and Mrs. Range uh, entered the presidential limousine, he had her ride with him, uh, people started throwing rocks and bottles, well, no, not, not rocks, bottles and trash at the president's limousine with Mrs. Range inside with, with Carter. And Mrs. Range told me that the president uh, took her hand and just told her to relax and I'll be all right. Of course it was. I couldn't believe people were throwing trash and bottles at the president's limousine with Mrs. Range inside, but that did happen after that meeting. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. That's a, that's a whole other uh, episode for us to discuss. That Just the year 1980 uh, in, in Miami uh, is quite a remarkable year. The, the the last question I wanted to ask about is I, I feel like kind of bringing it to the modern day. She, one one of her later uh, political governmental involvements is through Virginia Beach and the Virginia Beach Trust. And I know that her son Patrick is, is tremendously involved in this very active controversy over management of of the trust and the management of Virginia Key. In, in your expert opinion. The role of Black Miami and the influence of Black Miami politically, how do you see that evolving in the modern day? And where do you see the pressure points will exist going forward on city of Miami government? The influence of Black Miami politically uh, will diminish uh, in the next decade, in the next two decades, certainly. Uh, the African-American community itself will become a, a, a minority within the Black community uh, of, of, of Miami County and within the city of Miami as well. So essentially, uh, we're going to see a shrinking black presence in the city of Miami, uh, and conversely, a sinking uh, uh, black influence politically uh, in the city of Miami. The city of Miami uh, now is is heavily, heavily Hispanic. Uh, very few white people live there uh, uh, now, and blacks are moving out as well. All right. Well, Dr. Marvin Dunn, thank you so much for your time and your insight um, on this remarkable woman.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That again was Dr. Marvin Dunn, Professor Emeritus of Psychology at Florida International University, as well as the operator of DunnHistory.com and the president of the Miami Center for Racial Justice, which you can find at MiamiCenterForRacialJustice.org. You can also find Dr. Dunn on Twitter. His handle is at MarvinDunn4. That's the number four. <clears throat> You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at This Day Miami Pod and our website, ThisDayMiamiPod.com. As always, I want to give a shout out to the Wolfson Archive uh, for their wonderful collection of Miami historical videos, specifically videos related to news coverage. Uh, a couple clips are pulled from that archive today. Uh, and lastly, I do want to again commend to you uh, Dr. Dunn's book, Black Miami in the 20th Century. You can find it wherever books are sold, particularly our uh, favorite local bookseller, Books and Books. Uh, go there and grab a copy uh, because rarely is uh, one document so important in seeing a really big part of one community. But that book is really, really useful in getting a much better understanding of the importance of the black community to Miami's history. We will be back next month with another story about Miami's unique history. And until then, I've been Matthew Bunch. The high times and low times.